Hey there, folks. Episode four of the Because I'm Carlos podcast. Usually I do take some time off between these because I don't specifically schedule them out for the audio version, but I had something I wanted to chat about just as a result of something that came in the mail. Mail has slowed down a little bit, but that's to be expected given that things kind of move in these cycles. And that's kind of the point and the whole idea behind the episode title, thinking about different seasons in collecting. And you can actually interpret that a bunch of different ways. So let me tell you first a little bit about what came in, and then I'll kind of explain how it plays into the way that I interpret and the way that I work with seasons in collecting. So what I had in the mail is that it actually came from Great Britain, or the UK. And it actually was an addition to my 2018 Topps Chrome UFC set, specifically the autograph set. Now, there's a couple of different variants of the autographs. Obviously, you've got the various different refractors all the way to the the gold refractor and the different versions of refractors. But in addition to that, as part of the base quote-unquote set, the base set actually has kind of a refractor design anyway. So you've got that shine going on with it with the rainbow foil and everything. But there were 33 cards in the checklist as per Beckett. And I had been chipping away at that going all the way back to 2018 when they first came out. And at that time, I was able to buy the boxes as uh, inexpensively as $80 or $90 a box. Now, I didn't buy a ton of boxes, but I definitely bought a couple as, as I started to chip away at the set. Once I saw these autographs, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And I saw the checklist and I saw that there were a lot of great UFC fighters on it in addition to having, you know, you've got the Ariane on there that was, I believe, it was a redemption. So you had a, you had some different stuff in the checklist that made it kind of interesting. But as a result, where I'm sitting on it now is that the one that came in was the Daniel Cormier. And at this stage, that means I have 29 unofficially because I'm counting a placeholder. Uh, and in addition to the different variants they had, they had a variant called Octograph. Well, one of the other ones that I have is an Octograph. But where it leaves me currently is that I'm missing four. One of them is Holly Home, which I believe I have coming in, which is going to be an octograph. So I guess you could unofficially call it 30 if you want. At this point, I, I'm willing to take the placeholders because the point is with these last couple, I've just found them exceedingly difficult to locate. So I've got the Holly Home placeholder coming in, and that would give me 30 of the 33 in the checklist. George St. Pierre. Sean O'Malley, which is an interesting one, and I'll talk about that in a second. And then the last one was Mark Hunt, of all people. So it's one of those things where it's not like the big names per se. Sean O'Malley, I got a chance to see him on the Conor McGregor uh, UFC card recently. I thought he was pretty good. I hadn't heard t- I had heard his name, but I hadn't got a chance to actually watch him fight. This specific fight that he had with his opponent, whose name escapes me, was an interesting exhibition because he was able to show off his striking. He did a really good job. But it's one of those things where I'd like to see him against an opponent who's able to kind of fire back. But I will say that guy was game. He, was, he kept coming forward. He was as many shots as he was taking. So from a technical fighting standpoint, I was very impressed with what I saw for Sean O'Malley. But it's one of those interesting things. The Sean O'Malley is the most expensive, quote unquote, one remaining, even though there's probably about four or five of them on eBay right now. So if I'm willing to pay somewhere between $600 and $1,000 or make an offer for one, I can probably have it in my hands. But that still leaves me with the Mark Hunt that only seems to come up once in a blue moon, the Holly Holm, which doesn't come up all the time, the George St. Pierre, which comes up even less, and then, of course, the Sean O'Malley, which is available apparently in abundance. And I had a chance, I want to say at ComC a couple of years back, to buy that Sean O'Malley for like 60 or $70, and I guess I should have. <laughs> I guess if we knew then what we know now. But anyway, the point that I'm making is that I've been slowly chipping away at this set. Now, the question is, if you do watch my YouTube channel or listen to a lot of my other stuff, the main focuses of my collecting usually stem around my Mike Medano collection. That's kind of the thing that I'm mostly known for. Uh, in addition, I have been collecting Juan Soto cards with with some vigor recently, and I have also been making some forays into the 2020 Leaf Wrestling. So the question is, why are these these different categories? But what tends to happen, though, is for a very long time, especially once we got into COVID and all that was happening, 
was that I really leaned in hard on that Mike Medano collection and I was really chipping away at some of the big grails that I needed to pick up uh, that I'd been working on for years. That Medano collection, I've been working on it for 25 years. So needless to say, like I said, I'm reasonably known for it in the collecting circles that I go around. So then the question becomes, you know, why a UFC set? Why the Leaf Wrestling cards? Why Juan Soto and stuff like that? Because right now, if somebody was to look at my mail days that I'm getting now, it tends to focus on those other areas and less so on the Mike Medanos. And that's what plays into the point of this of this podcast and the story that I'm giving you. I can say that there are a lot of different collectors that I know that have been collecting for, you know, 10, 20, 30, or even 40 years. And a lot of them have great collections and been able to put together these wonderful groups of cards. But one of the thing is that for the most part, what tends to be the normal refrain, and stop me if you've heard it before, oh, I've been collecting since I was a kid, but then I took a break at this time, or then I took a break at this time, or maybe I took a break, started collecting again for a little while, and then took a break again, and so on and so forth. And life gets in the way. That's very normal. Well, one of the things that I have that is a little bit more unique, not completely unique, because I definitely know others who've done this, is that... I've been collecting for 31 years, but I've been collecting for 31 uninterrupted years. There have definitely been slowdown periods, but for the most part, it's been fairly consistent. Even in the time when I didn't really have a lot of money, well, that just meant I scaled back my buying. I would pick up a card here or there as opposed to buying them in, you know, in bulk and getting a lot of stuff in in the mail. But I would allow that to keep going because I would keep chipping away at my little projects. And of course, when I was giving the list of those other things, I didn't even talk about my vintage, which occasionally comes into play and then comes in these, in these bursts. Those bursts and those cycles that I'm talking about, that's what I'm referring to when I'm talking about seasons. What has allowed me over time to continuously keep adding to my various projects and collections is that I don't try to do everything at the same time. I really do find that there is an ebb and a flow. Right now, I would say I'm on a kind of a down, a down ebb as far as the Medano collection is concerned. Not because I'm not looking for anything, but because I'm finding that a lot of the stuff that I already wanted to get, a lot of the stuff that was really high up on my checklist... I've been acquiring the last 18 months or so really heavily, and I've really been knocking cards off that checklist. So it's one of those things where if I wanted to go buy a bunch of Medano cards on eBay, I could do so right now. I could just go over there, hit a bunch of buy it nows, and mail day would be full for the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months without any problem. My goal, though, is not just to buy stuff for the sake of buying stuff. Once I was past the point of trying to be completionist, which is when the one of one showed up, so 97, 98, that was the end of that. Once it became more like, I just want to build a collection that I can enjoy, a collection that I like, meet my goals, well then, at the beginning of the year when I make those goals, then as long as I'm tracking to meet those goals, I don't feel any urgency or rush. That's where those other projects come into play and they allow me to have my fun. So right now, there's a bit of an ebb as far as the Medano collection is concerned because a lot of the stuff that I really quote-unquote wanted or quote-unquote needed, I've been able to acquire. I'll still definitely pick up some Medano cards throughout the course of the rest of the year. And if I do find one or two of the cards that are sitting at the top of my want list, you better believe I will make a play for them to the best of my ability for sure. But what I'm having my fun with right now is that I've been enjoying kind of putting that to the back burner, starting to look for some of the vintage cards, doing some of those wrestling autographs, considering I'm not actually collecting any set for that. I'm actually just picking up the ones that I like. That allows it to be a very fun diversion for me. That's a different season. Working on this UFC uh, autograph checklist, that's a different season. But at the same time, I've got most of the cards in the checklist. So in reality, I've only got a handful. I literally was able to name them off for you, which is to say there isn't a lot left. And I would love to get a non-octograph version of the Holly Home and a non-octograph version of, um, I forget who the other fighter was that I had an octograph of, but if I could replace it with the regular version, I'd be happy to. And that would move me a step closer. The Sean O'Malley, I'm not in a huge hurry to pick up unless I can get it for a decent price. But the George St. Pierre has proven to be difficult to find, and the Mark Hunt seems to be a lot tougher to come by than I would have thought, all things considered. 
So those would definitely be ones that I'd have my eye out for. The point is having these little side diversions and working on my vintage sets and all that, that allows me to shift gears for a little while. In that season, it allows me to focus on something else. It allows me to keep myself engaged. It gives me something to look forward to, something to be interested in. And that really is the key for me as far as sustaining collecting in the long haul. It's not feeling any stress or pressure. If I ever feel like I'm stressed or pressured, then I need to walk away from the whole thing because that's not the point of this endeavor. The point of this endeavor is that I'm excited at the prospect of finding the handful of UFC autographs that I need for that 2018 set. Not because I need them, but because it would, fe- it would be really cool to be able to say, hey, the set's complete. This is kind of awesome. It's kind of fun. And I actually saw, and I'll include a link in the description. I believe it was 3B Collection. Uh, that He does a podcast with uh, Ken, Beans Call- Ball Card Blog. I apologize if I've got that a little bit off. I'll definitely, I'll include a link in the description to all the above on the audio as well as on the YouTube version of this. But they did an interview with the gentleman who completed the WCW NWO uh, autograph checklist from the early 2000s, I believe, or the late 90s. I forget which one it was. But the point is this set has some unreleased cars. It has a pretty substantial checklist of that era's UFC, uh, WCW, sorry, I said UFC again but WCW and NWO characters in the wrestling realm, it's an interesting set. It's one of those things where you just don't really think about it, but it has the Macho Man. It has a lot of the other characters that make sense for that time period. But the point is, this person put together this set over time. And I love projects like that because they show somebody who's putting together something and caring about it. And that's interesting. And it's fun because then you also get the story behind it. Why did you want to put it together? What happened? And then, you know, which ones are proving to, which ones proved to be more difficult for you? And in his case, he's got some unreleased ones that he can chase after. And that makes it more interesting in his way. For me, as far as the UFC set that I'm talking about here is, there are certain ones where it's like, I genuinely don't know why Mark Hunt is so difficult. The Sean O'Malley, you know, he seems like a good young fighter. He seems like an exciting one. It is a quote-unquote rookie year, I suppose, so I guess there's a premium for that. But he does seem proportionally, in terms of value, way out of whack with the other ones. The Georges St. Pierre, I would think maybe he just didn't sign as many. But it's one of those things where it gives me something to look for out there. The Holly Holm shouldn't be as difficult, honestly, as it is. And even getting the Octograph version, I had to pay, like, I believe it was $80 or $90. And it was just to get a placeholder. Because to me, I won't really consider it complete unless I've got the regular version. But it's one of those things where I, at this point, I just want to confirm a couple of those cards because I just don't seem to see them. But I've got my eBay safe searches on and I'm keeping my eye out. And I would love to show a completed set at some point and put that on my YouTube channel. But that's one of those things that that's a challenge that keeps me going. But because I don't have to buy cards all the time, it's one of those things that allows me to have the enjoyment of the hunt without having to take money out of my pocket all the time to try to find it. In a different way, the vintage works because in reality, I can probably get those vintage cards anytime I want for the sets that I'm working on. I've got two sets, one hockey and one baseball that I'm working on. I'm working on finishing the 54 Bowman baseball set and working on finishing the 1960 Parker set. Both of those I could finish right now for you if I went on eBay and just started hitting buy it nows. That's not the point. The point is that I'm looking for certain copies that fit with the rest of the set, that fit with what I'm trying to do. Having that criteria in place keeps me from just spending money for the sake of spending money and allows me to enjoy this particular season in my collecting. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about seasons. That may mean something different from you. It may mean walking away from the hobby for a while to spend more time with your family. It may be, you know, you've got kids and right now the time is not right for you to be spending money on cards. That's a season as well. That could mean that for you. For me, for someone who's been collecting consistently, all a season means is just backing away from something that I may have been going really hard on and being satisfied with what I've already done up until this point and finding some other collecting passions to that I can enjoy, other different projects that I can work on that allow me to have my fun and keep the enjoyment of the hobby going. 
And then at some point I will come back and work on a different project because even though I may not have as many grails left for the Medano, that doesn't mean that I can't find other little projects, mini projects inside side quests, if you will, is another term that I like to use for those. It doesn't mean I can't find a side quest. I can't find a little mini goal inside of that main collection to keep it interesting for me. And that's the key that has allowed me to sustain over this time. It is finding something inside of the bigger project itself that keeps it interesting for me because it's one of those things where you're working on a long-term project. A player collection is definitely a long-term project. If you look at the top of the mountain, it is miles and miles and miles away, especially if it's one if it's, especially if it's a gigantic mountain. But if you take it as, I just want to get to the next summit, I want to get to the next summit, I want to get to the next summit, that gives you something tangible and attainable. It gives you a goal that is at least visible to you. It gives you something you can chase that keeps you from getting discouraged. It keeps you from getting overwhelmed. It keeps you from getting stressed and burned out. And that's where those seasons come into play. And that's really the approach that I've always taken to collecting that has always allowed it to be, remain an enjoyable thing for me to do. So if I start getting tired of doing one thing, I stop it, put it to the side. I don't necessarily abandon it. Sometimes I do if I really genuinely don't enjoy it anymore. But most of the time, all I'm really doing is I put it to the side and I say, I'll come back when I'm ready for you. And then I start working on something else or I continue working on something else. And right now for this season, it's looking for cool Juan Soto cards that I think would be fun to add to the collection. Some leaf wrestling cards if I see something interesting that catches my eye or trying to find these stupid, you know, 2018 U Topps Chrome UFC autographs. Now, at some point I will do that. And when that happens, it'll be a fun day. And I will be able to have been able to say that I fully enjoyed the journey because I allowed myself the time, however long that was, to be able to pursue it at a pace that made sense for me. And that's why having all these different seasons in my collecting life allow me to do that. And that's just kind of the approach that I like to take and some food for thought that I wanted to give you. So that's it for this one. Again, we try to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter because we're just focusing on one topic at a time. Another quick thing I wanted to say that by the time I'm recording this, I'm one day away. So by the time uh, this goes up on YouTube, probably the next day will be the first day of the national. So hopefully those of you that are attending, enjoy it. Hopefully you have fun. Definitely looking forward to the content as well as looking forward to hearing from some folks that went in there, especially as the folks that I know, I'll be reaching out and kind of seeing how their experience is going so far. So again, hopefully it is enjoyable for everybody. Do stay safe out there because we're not completely out of the COVID world. I can speak only from the North that uh, we're not completely out of it. And I don't think anybody else is fully out of it. So make sure you at least take reasonable precautions within reason. And otherwise, hopefully you have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Try not to push yourself too hard. It's a, a microcosm of the same thing I talked about, you know, take your time, pace yourself and make sure it's an enjoyable experience for everybody and everybody around you in particular as well. Otherwise, that's it for this episode. If you've got any comments or questions, if you check it out in the YouTube version, please feel free to put, do so in the comment section. If you're doing it in the comment section, leave a like, I would appreciate it or subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening to the audio version, then I guess wherever it's got comments on there, I would take the comments there. If you have any questions for me, you can find me on said YouTube channel because I'm Carlos. You can type that in. Otherwise, you can check me out at carloscards12 on Instagram. I do try to respond within reason back to any messages on there, and that's usually the best place to reach me. So that'll be it for now. Thanks very much. We'll catch you in the next one.